much for joining me again this week as we just explore another topic. This week, we're going to be talking about the audience of one, finding the audience of one. I'm excited to share with you my journey, share with you where I am. And as usual, I am grateful for your feedback, grateful for your support. And if you have any questions, reach out. And to everybody who reaches out after every episode, I love you and I appreciate you. And thank you so much. Growing up, I was amazing. I still am. I'm a very talented and gifted child. I am brilliant in a lot of ways. I feel like um, when parents have a dream child, I think people dream of kids like me. (laughs) Not to hoot my own horn, but that's something that I've always been proud of. I've always been proud of being a good kid. I have always been proud of being a goody-goody two-shoes. I've always found meaning. I have found purpose in doing the right thing and always being on the right side and making the best choices and being wise about those choices and you know listening to my adults it doesn't it shouldn't surprise you that because of that academically in school i excelled i did well i did greatly and it's something that i'm proud of like my intellectual prowess is something that i am grateful for something that i take for granted often because it comes so naturally to me that I forget that it's something that I actually put a lot of work into but it's something that I've developed over time continuously and here we are here we are with an amazing brilliant child so where does that leave you you know you have a brilliant child but what does that mean so what that has meant for me is that without even noticing it I became dependent on applause and validation from external purposes so getting that first on my report card was amazing it was a high that i kept chasing a high that i needed because when i came first then guess what i got applause i got bragging rights but not just my bragging rights my parents bragging rights you know people my teachers bragging rights my teachers got to brag about how brilliant i am to the other teachers as symbols of how excellent their teaching was regardless of whether that was true or not i loved being that i loved always having that constant validation that constant applause even you know i always imagine that i'm guessing that's what it must feel like to be beyonce where you get on stage and you deliver this thing and everyone is just like you are so amazing you are the best that's how i felt doing the right thing and being the right thing i think often when people talk about applause we talk about oh you know you're just doing it for the likes you're doing it for the follows and that is true that is a form of applause but external validation even when it's good is a bad thing can be a bad thing i can't say it's all bad because it has built in me a certain confidence an unshakable confidence in an identity that is solidified in my ability to be a great intellect and i am grateful for that but over the time as i look back at it now it cost me a lot it cost me other aspects of myself so i want to look back starting preschool and primary school you might not realize this but i used to love to perform i remember doing a poem on stage i 
I loved it standing there and just owning the stage. I felt powerful. I felt in my element. I felt calm. I felt purposeful that, you know, reciting that poem, just owning that stage. It belonged to me. I felt good in that space. But that is something that I did less and less of as I got older. And you can almost see it. The decrease in external validation. It wasn't to say that people were saying I was bad. But because I was no longer the best in it, I stopped dropping it. I started distancing myself or just only pursuing those things which I knew for certain I was going to be the first and I was going to be the best and I was going to excel. Anything that led me out of the top three or top five, I didn't want to do that. Uh, Whether it made me happy or not, it didn't matter. If I was not in the top 1%, then what's the point? If I was not in the top 10%, what's the point? And even the 10%, being top 10 and not being in the top five and not being in the top three became a symbol of failure, which meant I distanced myself. So I performed less, but I used to love to sing. I mean, my parents still talk about how I used to sing a lot as a kid. And it's something that I do. I love music. And my love for music is one of the reasons I started trying to do the violin. Yes, of course, at the time I was like, oh, it will look good on my CV. But the truth is the violin and the cello string instruments have a place in my heart, particularly the violin and the cello. And I loved the violin. I still do. It's an instrument I love. And I remember I was in orchestra actually, but I just was, I was like third chair. I was like, I was not like the first string. I was not second string. I was like third string. And I remember even third string, we were pushing it like, okay, we can't really put you further than this. This is like the worst you can be. We're going to put you here. And I remember feeling like a failure, feeling so inadequate. And I didn't put an, an effort into it. Eventually, I dropped it. Um, of course, I said I needed to focus on my studies, but that wasn't the truth. The truth is, somehow, things that just didn't give me applause were things that I felt very uncomfortable doing, very uncomfortable, very unsatisfied doing. Um, and then in grade five, I remember this because we had to draw. We did art, and we had to draw, and I remember drawing a rhino. And this rhino was brilliant, okay? Like, it was, I love photorealism, so I like to draw things that are very much exactly as you see it. This rhino had all the detail, and it was so shockingly good. I was shocked, but I was also, it was so shockingly good as well that this other guy, Rolf, he was my classmate, and he used to be the artistic one, okay? I was the smart one. You know, eventually we all have labels. I was the smart one. He was the artistic one. And I remember he was sitting next to me and he saw this rhino and he asked me, did you get somebody else to draw that for you? And I remember feeling very smug, which (laughs) does happen sometimes, and saying, no, I did it myself. But I never pursued that. I never pursued that thought because guess what? I felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't get the applause. You know, I... It wasn't somewhat thing people were pushing me. My teachers weren't going like, oh, you know, your drawing is so beautiful. You should draw some more. There was no external validation, external push, no external motivation. But there's always external motivation for my studies. They've always been that. You know, my intellect was something that we always agree on. Um, so that happened and I did that. 
And as you can tell, this is a pattern that I developed from a very young age. We can talk about the complexities of like, you know, parents and systematic. But at the end of the day, those were choices I was making consciously or otherwise is to stop pursuing the things that made me uncomfortable, the things that I didn't get external validation from. And the thing about being the best and being at the top is it's very easy to not develop a system of internal validation, which is something that I recently realized that I don't have. I struggle to validate myself. I validate myself on external markers. I validate my progress on external markers, on external set standards by other people, regardless of whether they work for me or not. Now, let me put that in context. I am strong. I am very strong. And that's something that shocks me, surprises me. I'm proud of. I'm happy with. I can go in the gym and work out for four to six hours for five days a week and actually be okay. Like my body can take it. My body would do it. I get stronger. I get faster. I get all of these things. Right. And I know that. And I think that the ability to go hard in the gym for that long is impressive. And I always uh, laugh because I think almost all the time I go to the gyms, they look at me like, are you crazy? And I'm like, look, I'm having fun. I'm having so much fun that this is okay for me. Um, But now, fitness says that you are not fit unless you have a six pack. You are not fit unless you're lean and mean and, you know, you look a certain way. You're not strong or you're not squatting heavy if your ass doesn't look like you know it was bands of steel you know all of these things and these are all those external markers that i have or you're not you're not really unless you're losing weight um and these are all these external markers and that i've been putting on myself i have failed to fully appreciate my journey my fitness journey um without external applause without external validation when people don't say oh my gosh you've lost so much weight it feels like all the work that i've been doing doesn't matter when it does because i am strong and i am happy and i am all of these other markers that work for me that i should be having for myself but i i struggle with that i struggle to not look at my progress with external validation recently i had an epiphany and it was about my degree so for my undergraduate degree, I got a 2-2 for that would be an equivalent of getting a C, which is the equivalent of, I'm not quite sure, but let's just say like just above a pass. Yeah. And I, it hit me and I didn't even have the language for this until recently that there was a lot of shame there. Like I felt so ashamed, like. Because even though I've had such a supportive, understanding, appreciate, you know, like amazing support system. My dad was so amazing about it. My family more or less has been so amazing about it. I can't say that externally people said anything bad to me. But you see, I measured my own intellect. I know how brilliant my mind is. I know how amazing I am. Yet somehow this 2-2 became this thing that would shake me and scare me anytime people talked about it as if the, its existence on my transcript mitigated any other form of intelligence, any other form of progress that I made 
during, before and after because it was not, I don't have enough systems of internal value. Until now, I have not had sufficient systems of internal validation. And I think when we talk about internal validation, it, people like make it like, oh, mumbo jumbo, like, hey, I'm one of those people who used to say horrible things like, oh, people are such an attention seeker, whatever. But it's so easy to get away with being a quote unquote attention seeker when you're doing it the right way and people don't even realize you're seeking attention because, you know, who being first, there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be first, that you have to be the best. But why do I want to be the best? Why is it important to me? I remember a friend of mine asked me recently when we we're having this conversation about my my grades and she asked me, why do you want to have those grades? And I was like, well, because that's the best. And as I dug deeper within myself and I started to reflect on why is this external standard important to me? Because I am so certain of my own intelligence. I am so certain of my own capabilities that whether I the certificate says a first or a two two for me i am very aware of my intelligence you know and yet i kept finding myself struggling fumbling wondering like oh my gosh am i good enough am i not good enough what is this about and it brought me to where i am now where i have to have this conversation and i am having this conversation about finding an audience of one Finding an audience of one is something that is difficult for me because firstly, I'm a business student and a finance student and I'm an entrepreneurship student. Um, a lot of what we study is when you're creating a business or even when you're creating this podcast is you need to find your market and then you find your niche. You need to, you need to demand or deliver what is demanded by the market, right? You, you create what the market demands. You don't actually just create your thing and hope that you don't build it and see basically it's not the most prudent business idea that's why we do you know research and testing and prototyping the idea is to make sure that people consume i started this podcast initially trying because if you've listened from episode one to episode now you're going to find that there is a change in pattern a change in delivery as i figure it out the first episode when i read listen back to it i hear me the me that was always seeking external validation i was putting something out there and it was fairly good it was okay it wasn't the worst thing in the world yet i was doing it in a way that i assumed people wanted to hear it and i was doing it with somebody else's voice but mine to decide to use my own voice and to decide to do this podcast in a style that is reflective of me has been a scary experience it's been scary as I see my matrix uh, fall down, the listenership drop and all of these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Should I still be doing this? Is this failure? Does this mean if no one listens to this podcast, is this, does this mean I'm fail? Um, and what does that failing mean for me? Then this week I came upon this concept that kept coming at me, coming at me, which was the audience of one which for me is such a drastic turn from everything I've done for my, in the rest of my life to come to a point where I am creating content for one person. 
back in the day when I was more spiritual, they say that person was God. But to be honest, I'm at a point where that person is me. To create content that I am proud of. To create content that if no one else listened to this and I listen to this. Content that I know that if it benefited no one else, it benefits me. And trust that in doing that, other people will benefit. That in living my truth and being in my purpose, other people will benefit. Sure, but as a secondary form, not as the primary reason for what I do. Currently, as I am doing this process of an audience of one, it is the scariest and most uncomfortable thing that I've been doing. Uh, Working on a YouTube channel and thinking to myself, what if no one watches this? What if no one subscribes? What if all of these things and a lot of what ifs, you know, I am a woman who until now has has relied heavily on external validation to put myself in situations where I'm saying, and if, even if I got zero subscribers, even if I got zero downloads, even if I got zero views, and even if none of those external metrics met or got met, I would still deliver the content I'm delivering. I would still do the things that I'm doing and I'll try. It's been uncomfortable, particularly when I now put it on public platforms and I do have this conversation and I say this is what I'm doing and all of these things. It is scary and it is vulnerable. But the thing is, it has also been so freeing. First point of freedom has been the fact that I started to try new things. So I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel because I... I just loved it. I love YouTube channels. I don't like a lot of other people's YouTube channels, but I'm like, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. It's given me the freedom to finally do that, to finally take the plunge and create a YouTube channel. The second thing is Muay Thai. I chose Muay Thai particularly because I can't do it. It's 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 a process that I struggle with. I am um, I remember I'm doing drills, right? And I'm in a class with people who are like just a punching the way they, they move with grace, with elegance, with precision. And you can definitely see the time they have put into the process and you're impressed by it. And here I am feeling a lot like um, a baby giraffe. I don't know if you've ever seen like a baby giraffe after it's just been born and is trying to walk because it kind of has to, get to, to walk or get eaten by lions. It's just so uncoordinated sloppy it is just crazy and i feel like a baby giraffe in that class i feel uncoordinated i feel out of my element i don't feel comfortable at all but you know what i go to that class every week i can and i enjoy it i am learning to enjoy the discomfort of being in a space and particularly here now i'm pushing it because i'm saying i'm in a space where i am not just saying that there is no external validation that the external experience that I'm feeling is negative. There is no one looking at me and saying, wow, you're amazing. I'm sure if they have anything to say, it's damn, she's horrible. And being okay with that. I learned squash. I finally took a plunge and started trying to learn how to swim. I am starting to try more things. Does this mean I succeed at more things? No, absolutely not really, no. But what I am learning is to develop within myself 
a system of internal validation. The ability to appreciate the audience of one. To do things simply for me. To do things particularly because they are honest and they are true to me. It has absolutely changed how I view things. There are certain things that I do with entrepreneurship. And these are projects you guys are going to be seeing very soon coming out of me. And all these works that I'm going to be doing. Partnering with people and all of that thing. But it's changed that because now there is no pressure. Yeah, of course, there's no glory either, to be honest. Because honestly, I love me some trophies, some medals. I still do things that have trophies and medals because I love it, okay? I don't think I'm totally ever going to say, oh, I never want positive applause. But I'm at a point where I'm also saying, if there was no applause, I would still be okay. If there was no applause, I would still appreciate the journey. I would still appreciate what I'm doing. I would still value what I'm doing. And that's for me, has been the journey to finding the audience of one. The audience of one has been a very critical audience. And I think that's something I want to admit as well is I am, I found that I am very cruel to myself. Um, until now, it's, it's a critique and it's a, been an audience that I thought would helped it kind of did help because when you have so much fanfare it is easy to get lost in it to get lost in everyone telling you you're great so having an internal voice that tells you like no you're not that great though it does keep you humble a little bit you know and it does work to some extent but to be honest when I stopped listening at the outside world and it became just me myself and I that audience of one standing there doing this for me for my own validation creating that own validation i realized that being cruel to myself serves no purpose tearing myself down serves me absolutely nothing it does not keep me humble it keeps me limited it keeps me scared it keeps me from trying it keeps me shackled to people to things it keeps me from being my full self so the audience of one hasn't just been about finding that audience. It's also been teaching this audience how to appreciate me. <laughs> teaching myself how to appreciate myself. Teaching myself how to actually validate myself. How to tell myself when I've done a good job. How to find the balance between being positive feedback and you know, not being self-indulgent or not being self-deprecating. To find that balance and... Some days I'm killing it. Some days I am absolutely amazing at it. I am zenned out. And other days, you know, other days, oh, I'm, I'm the worst. And then other days I am too self-indulgent. You know, sometimes I am too lenient on myself, you know. And it's something I'm learning. I'm learning to find the audience of one, to nurture that audience. To nurture the performer, to nurture myself, the you know the creator, the person on the stage, figuring out what that looks like, figuring out how to find that balance, figuring out how to be in a space where I can look at myself in a holistic way and appreciate where I am. Sometimes it's so scary though. Like I'm not gonna say and stand here and be like, oh my gosh, and then. My life was so perfect and everything just fell into place. It is not just falling into place. It's taking a lot of work 
sometimes some days are great some days are okay and some days are horrible but it's something that i'm committing to doing consistently which is to push myself past that discomfort past the things that i don't enjoy and identifying it identifying the times when i've needed external validation over just doing things or when i've stopped doing things because i couldn't get that external validation to be honest with you it feels good to be applauded it feels good to be celebrated it feels good to have matrix that say you've done well but there is this poem that i love uh, it's called if by red coupling kipling and he says that if you meet defeat and victory and treat that foe the same like they are both bad you know, we always talk about don't, you know, listen to your critics. But to an extent, don't also listen to the people who praise you. <laughs> because in a way, both of them are external and they could change. And to be dependent on either one is not good. So I am finding that space for myself. That space of appreciating external validation without becoming dependent on it. It's been a lifetime practice of mine, so it's going to take time to totally figure it out. But I can safely say I am at a point where I finally, finally have found peace and acceptance for my audience of one. That's been my experience with finding the audience of one. I don't know what areas you might need to look at to, to find internal validation and I don't know what that journey looks like for you but here's the thing that I'm learning there's no right way for it maybe what you need is to expand your audience of one to an audience of many to get into a space where you're accepting the external validation where you're accepting that you're amazing or maybe it's time when you need to start saying okay no to the critiques and say i value me maybe to listen to the good instead of the bad whatever your journey is whatever audience you have to create for yourself whatever narrative you get to choose remember it is your choice it is your creation you get to decide what that looks like and it's up to you to make sure that it serves you and serves your purpose but remember no matter the decision you're always entitled and you can always change your mind just because it's an audience of one today does not mean it has to be an audience of one for forever give yourself permission to change your mind and give yourself permission to grow to evolve give yourself permission to just be until next time stay beautiful and stay lovely see you next week